the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, stock market is starting to deal with the Federal Reserve commentary that they're raising interest rates. They're going to make cost of money higher for corporations when they decide that they want to build a billion dollar office and they want to borrow a billion dollars. It may cost them 4% to pay it back versus 3%. The Federal Reserve decided that they're going to raise interest rates once it looks like in December and they're going to buy back some of their debt, causing longer term yields to go higher as well. And that's going to create a situation that ultimately you and I uh, have to pay more for credit cards. You and I have to pay more for mortgages. And keep in mind, we don't really pay more for mortgages. We pay a monthly payment that we feel comfortable with. And it, it sounds something like this. Um, your realtor calls you up. I got this great property for you to take a look at. And you're like, oh, yeah, tell me about it. And he goes, well, it's $700,000. And it could yield, it could probably get about $4,000 a month in rent. And you're like, okay, let's do the math. At 3%, that makes more sense than it does at 4%. So that's stuff that you have to kind of start thinking about. The iPhone 8 goes on sale today, and there's not a lot of lines. Do you remember the good old days when people would wait in line overnight to be the first ones to get a new phone? So they've now gone on sale. Turnout in Asia has been mixed. New iPhones usually draw long lines at Apple retail stores, but reports suggested just 30 people showed up in Sydney, 200 people in Singapore, uh, well off the crazy pace of the past. A former employee at a financial tech startup, SoFi, has allegedly alleged a frat boy culture at the firm in the new lawsuit. Uh, Yulia Zamora said she was repeatedly harassed in her suit comes after SoFi CEO stepped down over widespread harassment allegations. I have no commentary on why there's a fraternity-like atmosphere at a lot of tech companies, a lot of tech startups. Um, is it because... You know, to get an engineer, you have to pay good money to get, you know, more than just good money to get that good engineer. Uh, engineers are a male-dominated industry. Maybe you have to lavish praise on the person. I don't know. But something seems to be unhinged. Snap laid off a dozen people from its Spectacles hardware division, mostly marketing employees. Uh, remember how they came up with those glasses that can record snaps and uh, CEO was all big on, hey, we're a hardware company. We're not a virtual reality company. Uh, we're a phone company. Or not a phone company, but a camera company. Well, those snapticals or spectacles, not doing terribly well. Hewlett Packard's reportedly laid off 5,000 people. That's about 10% of their company's workforce. I don't seem to remember a year that they haven't laid off people. Tells you that one of the big old tech companies, they die very, very slowly. And they're not, I'm not saying they're going to die because they do billions in revenue, but 
They're right sizing very, very slowly. Uber was dealt a major blow in London after losing its license to operate in the city after September 30th. The city's transport regulator cited passenger safety. Um, their gray ball software, which tracks people and drivers checks as reasons uh, for the decision. So checking up on the safety and everything along those lines. Um, yeah. And again, you know, when you get into someone else's car, they drive you around. There is always going to be some drama. Same thing when you get into a cab. So it's going to be interesting to see how Uber deals with losing such a major city. Um, and what they do to try to get back into the good graces. Mongo Database, a database rival to Oracle and Amazon, has filed to go public. It's a $1.6 billion startup. It reported $45 million in losses on $67 million of revenue. IPOs have not been sexy. And that brings up the question of, you know, why are we bringing these companies public? They're not doing what we want them to do. Um, They seem to be getting people into trouble um, you know, the Snap IPO comes public at, you know, 14 goes to 20, then goes to, well, it comes public at 18, goes to 22, 23, 24, and then goes to 14. What do you do? Well, you're in trouble at that point in time if you're asking questions after the fact. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, don't be shy. That's the one thing I always ask of people <clears throat> is do your best to give me your thoughts and your ideas, and I'll do my best to give you a reasonable throwback. So right now, yield leaders, um, yield leaders are ideas for investors who are looking for a combination of dividend income and capital appreciation. So you get a little bit of both. Um some of the names recently being added to screens include Corning, Gilead, Robert Half. Um, a company like a Corning has a 2.1% dividend yield, but they're buying back, you know, 15 plus percent. Their shareholder yield 17 plus percent. Relative strength is not that high. But then you compare them with a Kohl's, which has a 4.9% dividend yield, buying back 7.5%. And strong relative strength in General Motors has a 3.9% dividend yield. Ameriprise Financial, 2.3%. Target, 4.3%. So you can get some pretty good yields right now in some pretty good brand name companies. Um, McDonald's, 2.4% dividend yield. They just raised their dividend today. So is that a company that you're interested in or not? I don't have a good answer for you. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The rhetoric between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un um, is rising. You know, Trump is tweeting that he's going to be tested like never before. And um, <clears throat> for his part, our president has been called a dotard by, I know you're saying, is that really a word? It is. Like. Kim Jong-un, a dotard. I don't know exactly what a dotard is, uh, but it's out there at this point in time. So we have that to be concerned with. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A lot of the natural disasters that we're seeing in um, the world, whether it be in Mexico um, and or what we're seeing in you know, the Caribbeans with um, 
hurricanes, it, it's something that you have to be reminded of that, you know, a lot of these people thought it could never be them. So I've seen people's lives change because of car accidents. I've seen people change because of robberies. Um, I think one of the most important things you can do is get term life insurance if you're the breadwinner of the family. Um, if your income is needed to pay bills, get some term life insurance. Don't get whole life. Don't get variable life. And if your income is important, get some disability because you're one stroke away from not being able to go to work. So check to see if your work offers it. It's typically pretty cheap through work. Um, worthy of note. So what is the response to being called a dotard? Um, a dotard, if you take a look at Merriam-Webster and take a look at the definition, it's high as a kite. So according to Merriam-Webster, a dotard describes a person who is in a state of senile decay marked by a decline of mental poise and alertness. Okay, so now we know what a dotard is. We could move on and be more presidential or dictator-like if we want to. Interesting, right? So the big question is over the weekend on the big you know, political news shows, will this you know, continue to rise on any way, shape, or form and uh, paint the picture negative on Wall Street for Monday morning? T-Mobile and Sprint are closing in on a deal. Number four is looking to get to number three. Pretty similar merger terms, and they've got close in the past, So, but it looks like this is the time that they're going to do it. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about the bull market's well into its ninth year, and despite its advanced age, bull market and up market. Stocks have been hitting all-time highs pretty consistently through the year. Um, back earlier this week, it hit 22,370 for its sixth consecutive record close. Six days in a row, the only bull market in history to last longer stretch from 1987 to 2000. Ah! This run-up in stock prices can be nerve-wracking, especially for near retirees. Like, should I be pulling money out now? Should I be putting more money in? Is there 10 more percent left to be had, or is it to get out now to save 10%? Investors approach the ends of their career, can ill afford to take a 20-plus percent hit to their nest eggs as they walk into the next bear market. But if you're a young investor, this is the glorious time because you want down markets, and they're going to happen. Um, you get things at discount. You get things on sale. The current state of the market matters very, very little. It's where it's going long run, not the short term. Um, you have the luxury of time, time to recover from short-term sell-offs, and time to reap the rewards of decades' worth of growth. My advice, if you're on the younger side, is invest regularly, invest aggressively, and ignore the daily ups and downs in the market. And in 30 to 40 years from now, uh, you'll thank me, and you'll even consider putting me in your will, which I still have never been put into anyone's will outside of my family's uh, members. That's not even funny. And I, I would like to be, because I think it'd be fantastic to get in front of a lawyer and go, Mr. Black, I just wanted to let you know that um, Savoy Jones was a big fan of yours, and he uh, recently passed away. I'm like, oh, so sad to hear. And Savoy wanted you to have, uh, Mr. Jones wanted you to have something. I'm like, sweet, sweet. What's it going to be? Millions and millions of dollars. And 
just mess with me. Just mess with me. Like, leave me a, a, a piggy bank or a map, um, a treasure map or something like that. So just mess with me. You don't have to actually leave me anything. Just, just mess with me. So, but when the stock market slides 10 to 20%, it's called a correction. And you may not recall the last one because it happened um, back in February 2016. The SP500 shaved 14% off. Corrections occur at average every 26 months. So, in a bull market, but waiting times have been longer and longer, and sometimes even shorter and shorter. Some strategists say stocks look pricey right now, setting the stage for that potential fall after nine years up. I think there's some truth to that, but don't bet on it. It's more expensive than the market's been 90% of the time. The S&P 500 trades at about 24 times earnings. That's high. And in hindsight, back you know nine years ago when the S&P 500 was trading at 12 to 14 times, we were like, that's low. That's low. It's, it's going to go lower. I bet it can go lower. And when it's high, it's high. I bet it can go higher. So stocks can keep climbing. You know, right now the Federal Reserve is issuing, you know, ideas that they're going to raise interest rates four times in the next uh, 14 months. And that could be a plus for financial stocks, banks, brokers, um, insurance companies, companies that need that higher interest rate to get a return on investment or return on um, some of their debt. And uh, issue you more debt. So corrections within a bull market are very often temporary reversals. But the question is, do we go into a bear market? And if you're still, you know, nervous, I'd just come up with a shopping list. You know, consider things that you want to own. If tech stocks in your portfolio have gone from twenty percent to forty percent because of the great nine-year run, you may want to go. Let's cut it back down to twenty. And if healthcare has gone from twenty percent to fifteen percent, you may say, let's go push it back up to twenty. So. Rebalancing your portfolio, which is selling some of the stocks that may be most vulnerable to losses in a correction. With stocks, you tend to sell the losers and buy the winners. With indexes, you tend to buy the losers and sell the winners. It's a little bit of a different mentality, but um, Standard & Poor's, uh, Morningstar has a great x-ray tool that can analyze your funds and stocks to assess your total exposure to sectors. Um, so I think it's a real good tool. You can find it at Morningstar.com. It's Morningstar.com. And, um, you know, you can try to see where you kind of lay down as far as your risk profiles go. Um, consider trimming, you know, some of your stocks if that's what you need to do to cut down on some of your risk. Raise a little bit of cash. Go to a little bit of bonds. Go to a little bit of income if you're thinking big pullback coming soon. Um, you know, Take a look at stocks that have minimum volatility. There's a good iShares fund called USMV. It's the iShares Edge Minimum Volatility Fund, and it emphasizes large, stable businesses that aren't going to go out of business in their thoughts. AT&T, Johnson Johnson, McDonald's. Um, it's 20% less volatile than the SP 500. So for a senior retiree who wants to be more stable with their nest egg, that's a good place to start to do research on individual stocks, but it's also a good place to start doing research on maybe that is a fund for that's a good parking spot for you. There's defensive stocks out there like healthcare. You need healthcare in good economies and bad economies. When you're sick, you don't care. You need your cancer treatment, right? You may not need the iPhone 10 or the iPhone 100, uh, but you do need to get yourself well. It's interesting that the iPhone and really the smartphone is only 10 years old 
and how much it's changed. And we're kind of saying, like, how much more can it go? I remember back in the 1980s, um, 1990s and early 2000s, we watched computers go from $4,000 for a computer to, oh, it broke the $4,000 level, to the $3,000 level, to the $2,500 level, to the $2,000 level, to the $1,500 level, to the $1,000 level, to the $500 level. And then it kind of stopped right around 350. Now we're seeing smartphones increase. You know, originally about $500, $600, and the iPhone 10 is 1000 1200 up to $1,200 if you want it before we load it. So consider defensive names like Verizon, largest U.S. wireless carrier, 147 million subscribers. They're trying to develop uh, revenue behind their core phone service, competing for TV customers and cable service. They're expanding into internet advertising and content with AOL and Yahoo. They're providing GPS tracking and similar vehicle telematics out there. It's not growing fast, and they have to have, spend heavily to upgrade their network to fend off rivals. But they've raised their dividend at an annual 3% annual rate over the past five years, and that streak should continue. Their dividend right now is about 4.9%. Pretty impressive if you're looking for income in retirement. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I always have seminars coming up, and when I do, you can jump in and catch one. It's absolutely free. If you use code RADIO25, it's RADIO25. You'll find more information at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we talk about. Uh, divorce is expensive. That's something to consider. Uh, marriage is expensive. That's something to consider, but it could also lower your costs. So uh, a lot of different angles on love and investing, money and investing, investing in retirement. So don't be shy. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking money, invested in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do sincerely mean that. Um, I know that you have a lot of choices out there. Some days are always going to be better than other days, and I try to do my best to prep for you a good set of content. It doesn't always work out like that. Um, sometimes you get into content, and you're talking about hurricane worries, for instance, and they're going to dominate home builder earning calls this quarter. The southern United States has recovered from a brutal hurricane season. And home improvement companies are seeing some of the benefits, but not. But how about home builders? Um, home builders, not so much. Investors are clamoring for information about hurricane activity and how it could dominate home builders' third quarter earnings calls. There's the short-term focus on sales, including orders and closings, as well as more medium-term concerns like labor shortages, commodity inflation, pricing power to worry about. Um, there's concerns that hurricanes means uh, that we probably won't get much in the way of initial thoughts on 2018 from management teams because they'll be focusing on the short term. KB Homes and Lennar are going to report next week and the week after, respectively. Um, the home builders are important because sometimes they, they kind of go off of confidence. And you're like, confidence? What's that got to do with anything? I know, right? Um, you've been confident before only to have that kind of bite you in your hiney. So um, I throw that out there for you. Um, KB Homes has lowered their, analysts have lowered their expectations uh, because of potential lost sales in Houston in last week of the quarter. KB Homes also had some exposure to Florida 
and everyone's waiting for updates on its operations in that state. Roughly 35% of KB Homes communities are in Florida, Houston, and San Antonio. So they've been, they've been hit. Order growth slowed into single digits after three consecutive quarters of double-digit growth. So the markets were already starting to get tired. Now the question is, will the company get re-accelerated growth uh, as people lost their homes and maybe they're looking for new homes? So last quarter, KB Homes raised its 2017 gross margin guidance by 20 basis points. Um, at the midpoint. So people, analysts are looking like, what does these hard hit storm areas look like? So Lennar saw that their estimates got updated last week after it pre-announced closings and orders for the third quarter. So as they report their earnings in two weeks, we're going to be looking at their operating environment, labor. You know, Donald Trump wants to stop illegal immigration, but a lot of people who build homes come from the immigration world. Um, and then you get materials available as well, particularly Florida, and how they've sucked up all the wood that they can get their hands on. So will we see a big jump in margins? What will we see out of Lennar and KB Homes, big home builders? So um, that's a story, right, and how hurricanes affect them. And that may have just put you to sleep. Now, how about this one? Is this sexier? Telecom stocks and 5G transition. Today, we're talking about SoftBank and Deutsche Telekom um, getting together and, you know, kind of combining their networks, T-Mobile and Sprint, and compete better with AT&T and Verizon. But how about 5G? We've heard a little bit more about it. It's going to hit right around 2020. Uh, 5G is forcing operators to rethink how they structure their network so as to bypass the limitations of current designs, as well as create new business models and address the reality of mobile. That demand will always increase, and operators will always be under pressure to improve their networks. So there's a cloud-based architecture going on that you know you have to deal with functionality of your software that's improving, virtualization, edge computing, increased fiber connectivity in order to make telecom networks as agile and flexible as possible in the virtualized server world. You know, expected benefits when you transition to better technology is reducing the cost of curve of running a network to better handle rising data traffic growth while simultaneously increasing functionality. So AT&T and Verizon have both been aggressive in transforming their networks. T-Mobile and Sprint have the spectrum to support their near-term needs, but a deal between them would give them a better financial flexibility needed for better investments in the long term. Nokia is well-positioned. Ericsson, not so much. As far as helping with you know network needs and changes, there are some uh, ETFs. There's a um, Standard Poor's Depository Receipts S and P Standard Poor's Telecom ETF XTL. If you want to learn who some of the players are, um, and you know it's this is all tied towards a 5G revolution. Now I remember back in the mid 90s kind of get in the late 90s, there was all this talk about 3G, 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 3G. And I'd go to the big data shows in Vegas and, you know, the electronic expos and 3G, you'd see a CEO show you like, ooh, look how fast you can get GPS coordinates around the world. And like, ooh. And to this day, they're still kind of there, but not nearly as sexy. So... 5G is going to usher in the revolution of having a game-changing impact on society. Now, we've heard that before, right? There are already several technologies, including artificial intelligence, robotics, the Internet of Things, quantum computer, that have impacted our lives for the better. So 5G is going to be the glue for a lot of foundational technologies to try to come together. 
5G is currently expected to provide um, enhanced mobile broadband, low latency, ability to connect billions of devices. The first 5G use cases are expected to leverage enhanced mobile broadband. True 5G, which will have very low latency and the ability to connect billions of devices, will require a new wireless network. So, again, T-Mobile out there. Um, Sprint, AT&T, Verizon. And then you look at all the um, technology, telecom funds as far as other ideas. Now, again, consult a broker advisor for taking action. Definitely don't get caught up in 5G because what I'm kind of trying to say is it ain't that sexy. Uh, the talk is sexy. The implementation is kind of dull. In my opinion. So in the first hour, I talked about how three different analysts have come out in the last 24 hours and have three different opinions on Apple. One creates a bullish case for the iPhone X, and that puts a $196 stock price on Apple. One's more in the middle, saying both phones are going to sell well over the next year, with about 25% going to the iPhone 8s and 20% going to the iPhone 10s. Um, and then, you know, initially out of the gate, that's what we're looking at. Um, and then one analyst is saying, you know, there's not a lot of demand for the 8. And maybe that means for the 10, there won't be a lot of demand. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So we have three different analysts coming up with three very different pictures. Elsewhere out there, North Korea. And they said later that the country could test a hydrogen bomb over the Pacific Ocean. Um, interesting. So Kim Jong-un called President Trump mentally deranged and said his country will consider with seriousness exercising of a corresponding highest level of hardline countermeasure in history. Anyway. Whoa, right? Tesla's hired today on the news that the electric car maker will discontinue its cheapest Model S, the rear-wheel drive 75 on Sunday, in a move to simplify its product offering. Sprint's up and T-Mobile up after Reuters is reported the two telecom giants are close to agreeing to tentative terms on their deal. U.S. Steel down after Cowan downgraded the stock to underperforming, cut its price target from $24 a share down to 20 Finish Line, which is a big athletic shoe and apparel retailer, said comparable same-store sales tumbled 4.5%. That's bad news for Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, uh, to say the least. If we're not buying our goods at the stores, maybe we're buying direct, but maybe we're not buying so elsewhere, Ascendus Pharmaceutical up 43%. Woo! Ascendus Pharma, ticker symbol ASND. Ascendus is ascending. Uh, news broke that rival Versatis late-stage clinical trial missed its primary endpoint. So Versatis down 86%. That's one of the reasons you don't necessarily go after biotech stocks, because when they hit, it's a home run. And when they move, miss, it's a big old strikeout that ends the inning with bases loaded. And you're like, oh, a little golf swing there. Uh, I guess some baseball players like Pablo Sandoval have a little bit of a, a golf swing, to say the least. Yes, thank you. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Brian Belsky, he's from BMO Capital Markets thinks that when it comes to sectors, investors would be doing best by investors. Investors would do best by staying with financials, healthcare, industrials, and materials. He has an equal weight on technology, consumer discretion, and consumer staples. If you wanted to invest in the last three sectors, they do think that there are some good ideas to be found within individual sectors of tech, consumer discretion, and staples, particularly inside of semiconductors, media, and beverages. 
Belsky likes big tech stock names like Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google. They've grabbed most of the tech headlines this year. He sees a lot of growth at reasonable price. In media, Belsky says that he is seeing decelerating earnings growth, uh, but he does like some media value characteristics. Um, he sees a lot of cord cutting being valid. So he wants you to take a look at the sector as a value play, um, not necessarily as a home run, but as if you get into it, it'll probably do okay and it probably won't lose a lot because there's a lot of fear tied towards cord cutting. Beverages are the pick within consumer staples, a sector that's been hurt by mixed trends and investors' preferences for growth. Uh, blended dividends per share growth is one of the highest within the sector. So ETFs, you can take a look at a consumer staples select sector, ticker symbol XLP, tech select sector XLK, consumer discretionary XLY. Those are some of the ideas. If you need to learn what beverages are out there, take a look at the ETF PBJ and take a look at the holdings inside of it. That may give you some ideas on what might be appropriate and or inappropriate for you in the future. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Let's go to Anon. Anon is in San Jose. What do you have for us today, Anon? Hi, uh, hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me okay? Sure. Okay. My question is on the theme of the escalating North Korea crisis. Uh, given the fact that it's escalating day by day, and there is a real possibility of something going on, uh, what would your advisor to investors be? I'm a, I'm a person in my midlife. I have a 70 to 30 uh, stock bond mix for my retirement. Uh, so the questions I have is what should I do with my existing mix and where should, what should I do with my future contributions to these accounts given the scenario? What would your advisor be? What would your advice be to people? And what was the start of your question? I didn't quite hear that. Uh, the escalation of the North Korea crisis and, you know, oh, I, don't, yeah, I, I, I don't care about North Korea um, in the long term of investing. And let me explain that. And thanks for the call. And on uh, in the end, nothing's going to happen, in my opinion. And if it does happen, yeah, you're going to hit massive short term setbacks. But what you have is not a very damaging long term situation <clears throat> that can come out of North Korea. For 2,000-plus years, they've been throwing sticks and stones at each other in the Middle East. And now, yeah, they're probably throwing a little bit more than sticks and stones. But from time to time, this market has gone through World War One, World War Two. It's gone through Korea. It's gone through Vietnam. It's gone through Nagasaki. It's gone through Hiroshima. It's gone through many conflicts around the world. Um, it's gone through high oil. It's gone through low oil. It's gone through 9-11. It's gone through some terrorist activity that is pretty crazy, um, all things considered. And in the end, what it all does is it kind of settles down and we look back at corporations and we look at capitalism. I think a bigger question would be is – does the move towards universal income, is that something that is something that should I should fear where we're giving every citizen an income because we don't have the ability to have corporations pay them because of the move towards robots? I get your fear with Kim Jong-un 
I get it. He's a little bit of a madman. But for years and years and years, he's been stomping his, his fist and r- r- rattling his saber. At one point in time, there was, you know, had you called in back during the George W. Bush administration, does he have weapons mass destruction? Uh, Israel is right there. They could easily hit Israel. They could hit Israel whenever they want. And uh, there was fear. And it's it's kind of similar to this. In this case, you probably have North Korea and South Korea. South Korea is probably South Korea and Japan are probably in Guam are replacing the analogy of Iraq and Israel. But I don't give a damn. And I'm probably the wrong person to be talking to about this because, you know, maybe you're really sensitive to this and a 10 percent drop would freak you out. Ten percent drop would my shopping list would go crazy. Um, my ability to say, like, what do I sell to raise more money after I burn through my cash, after I burn through my, my you know, safe money? I, I would be going crazy um, in a good way. So, again, is that appropriate advice for everyone? I don't think so. And, you know, I certainly realize that um, you're probably looking for a different answer. Like, I think you should go to cash at this point in time and invest in Boeing and Lockheed Martin. That's just not ever, never, ever going to be my ankle. And sorry about that. No lineup for the new iPhone. That's big news out there. The T-Mobile and Sprint are closing in on a deal um, to merge number four to number three. Uber's lost its license to operate in London. I find that one fascinating. Um, the Apple Watch has some cellular connectivity issues that Apple has admitted and said, we'll fix it in a software patch. Uh, to me, I, I like thinking bigger picture on the Apple Watch and go, you know what's interesting about the Apple Watch is they're moving features from the phone to the watch. And at one point in time, maybe you won't need both. Uh, maybe that's years away. It is. But in technology terms, that moves pretty fast, all things considered. So Apple played with $165 last week. Now it's at $150. Analysts seem to be around the $180 to $195 range. So that's starting to look interesting as there's a sell the news, sell the news kind of thing. I see Apple as having a rich pipeline that they're not even showing off or flexing. For instance, they have the speaker system that's going to compete with Alexa um, ready to roll. It's already being tested. Uh, You can find them, quote unquote, out in the wild. If you turn on your wireless roaming and you start driving through the streets of Cupertino, you'll see many homes have them inside their home on their network uh, worthy of note. Apple's not Apple, but Facebook is moving into a beautiful earthquake resistant skyscraper in San Francisco. It's pretty crazy. Um, they're leasing it for like $85 a square foot. And uh, it's a gorgeous building. It's, it's right next to um, the new tower that's being built at this point in time. It's not quite finished. Um, but it's in the San, it's in the uh, excuse me, it's uh, it's in the financial district, and it's got 436 square feet of office space. Plus, there's going to be units to live in. The company currently shut shuttles about thousands of employees from the city in San Francisco all the way to Menlo Park, and they're trying to basically make some of their employees happier. Why take the shuttle when you could work in the city? So, Facebook employees will share the stunning new skyscraper with some. Uh, 67 luxury condos on the upper floors. Um, But it's pretty beautiful towers. It's right next to the Salesforce Tower. And um, it's supposed to be pretty earthquake resistant. I'm like, what does that mean? Resistant? 
but that's out there today. Worthy of note. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show and supporting the show. Um, the NFL had empty seats last night at their game in San Francisco at Levi Stadium. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that people were excited about Levi Stadium and uh, the personal seat license now are selling for half what they were issued for um, and people are bailing on the team pretty quickly what, what do you want to do buy high when everyone wanted to get in that stadium or buy low when everyone wants out um, it's a financial lesson that you can learn from watching football another lesson is the hurricanes and natural disasters around the world it's worthy of note find me online at robblackshow.com it's robblackshow.com Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.